Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Y'all, this show has already been such a fun adventure, and I'm sure if you've been listening to us for a minute, I've mentioned that though I was born and raised in Kentucky, I moved to New York City right after college, and I finally landed in Lexington in the early days of 2021. So I'm still fairly new to the area. I'm getting into all the nooks and crannies of town and trying to find my space. So having the opportunity to learn more about not only our community, but the people who are sparking change in this community has definitely reminded me why I love our state and more so why I love our neighbors so much. So thank you for being here with us. We are so thankful to everyone that's listening and engaging with us. As a reminder, you can find us right here on Radio Lex every Monday at 2 p.m. or you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're feeling frisky and you want to be even better friends, you can follow Bluegrass Community Foundation on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit our website, BGCF.org. Today's guest is so incredible. He is the co-director of Kids Make It here in Lexington, which is an educational institution solely focused on exposing youth to science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, aka STEAM, skills and careers. He is a ramen lover, and more so, he and his wife, Jariah, are truly changing lives in our community. Here is David Laurenville. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks. Now, I know that you all are super, super busy, like all the time. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today and hang out with us. Now, there is something that you need to know about me as a person. When it comes to STEAM, I'm only excelling in the A category. (laughs) I am not a scientist. I feel like I'm flying a plane every time I'm behind this soundboard here so i'm absolutely fascinated with what kids make it does oh definitely definitely why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and what kids make it is all right so my name is david lornville i am the co-director of kids make it 
Kids Make It is a 21st century community um, learning center where we expose North End youth to science, technology, engineering, and math. We started back in 2020 where we really felt the impetus to start something that would curtail what was going on throughout the country. Mm-hmm. We had, of course, Breonna Taylor. We had, you know, the insurrections in um, Washington. We had a lot of, a lot of division um, throughout the country, and everyone was screaming, yelling, and saying, you know, all they could do and all they could say in order to either change or keep things as they were. And at a certain point, you know, Jirai and I, we kind of like sat back and we were like, you know what? How could we really have an impact? How could we really um, make a change um, while all of this is going on? Mm -hmm. So we really looked into ourselves and we said to ourselves that we have skills, we have talents, we have know-how, and we also have experience um, with youth and we have experience in education. And so we really um, got together and made the decision that um, if we were going to do anything, you know, yeah, we can we can participate in, you know, the protests. We can participate in, you know, the social media, you know, conversations. Mm-hmm. But we made a decision that our skills and our talents really suited us to be there for the youth, be there for youth who probably don't even know what's going on in the country. Mm-hmm. All they see is, you know, a whole lot of like division, people talking, people acting. Madness. Madness, <laughs> you know. So they probably don't even know where they are. But one thing that we do know is that they're in school. Mm-hmm. One thing that we do know is that they are preparing for the future. And we really sat down and said that with all the skills, talents, and experiences that we have, um, really going out and giving back to North End, East End, West End, um, just for any youth that, you know, are disadvantaged or who have not been exposed to science, technology, engineering, and math, we really wanted to just give back to them. Mm -hmm. So that was the impetus of Kids Make It, and now we're in our second year of operation. (laughs) Crazy. Jariah is your wife. Yes. Your very pregnant wife. Yes. She is the most beautiful woman in the world. It's honestly shocking how beautiful she is. She's amazing. So tell us a little bit about your all's background. You said that you had this set of skills and kind of like Liam Neeson, you had the set of skills that, (laughs) you know, you wanted to share with the world. Where does that come from? So, I mean, as far as our background, Jariah and I, we, we met in the poetry circle. So when it comes to art, we have always been within the art community. As a young kid, you know, um, I was being recruited to go to a STEAM institution because I was really creative in the arts. Jariah, you know, she went to the governor's school for the arts. Um, she's a writer. She's a poet. Um, she's, she's, a, she's a creative. And she's also really, really compassionate. She actually is the bread and butter, the glue that keeps kids, kids make it together because um, I really focus on the pragmatic, all right, you know, what do we have to do and, and how do we create the curriculum and how do we present it to the, to the students? And while I'm doing all that, Jariah is like, well, the students are going to be the ones listening, so we want to slow down and do this. Or, you know, we want to be able, she'll, she'll sit back and be like, well, we're going to do all this, but we need the snacks. We're going to mm-hmm. do all of this, but we need the funding in order to do those things. Mm-hmm. So she's she's a really practical and compassionate side of it where she has always been connected with the youth. She has a, her, her experience growing up has really prepared her to do this because 
the a lot of the youth that we're connected with, um, both of our experience, we've been in their shoes. And, you know, from just from just from that background, it really is not just a mission. It's not just a purpose. It's more of a connection. It's like, hey, you were here and I see you Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily have to throw, you know, um, assignments at you or I don't have to throw formulas at you and I don't just have to tell you that you need to learn and do this. Mm -hmm. I can sit and have a conversation with you. So that's really our our background. Of course, it it goes deeper than that. Um, But yeah, our background has always been not only in the artistic creative side Mm -hmm. of um, what we're doing, but it's also in the just compassionate side of knowing that, hey, we've been there, we've done that, we've seen and we went through obstacles, and now we can share our experience with these youth. Now, I want to go into the curriculum a little bit because it is wild. I just want to read a few of the programs that you offer because it honestly sounds like something out of a Marvel movie. We have ag tech, robotics, engineering, arts and creativity, coding, computer science, entrepreneurship, and my favorite, aerospace and drones boot camp. And I think it's important to mention that these programs are for grades 1 through 12, which means that you have first graders learning how to code and how to fly a drone. I have a niece who is in first grade, and we either say she's going to be the president of the United States or she's going to be an assassin. So I can't... She could be both. She could be both. I cannot imagine giving her the power of knowing robotics. That has to be terrifying. So how do you approach those big topics with such small minds and how do students end up taking part in that program? Definitely. Well, I mean, when we see, when we look at it from, you know, a bird's eye perspective, we can see all these programs and we can be like, wow, you know, this is a lot going on. But in all reality, when you break it down and you get closer um, into each topic, you realize that they're all interconnected. All of these topics are interconnected and they all have areas in them that coincide with an area of, you know, another discipline. So say we're talking about drones, right? Taking the kids out to fly the drones, that's amazing, you know, but talking to them in a sense of, well, yeah, it's fun to do this, but now we're going to transition from it being a toy to it being a um, practical application in which you can apply certain skills towards. Mm -hmm. So now that you know how to fly the drone, now let's do a mission. Your mission, you know, prior to, you know, even touching the controllers is to write down, plan it out, you know, write down what your goal is for this flight that you're going to take. And so we tell them, you know, go ahead and plan it out. Um, Focus on specific steps. Know those steps before you even like think about flying it. And, you know, know what the mission and know what the results will be when you accomplish the missions. Now, when you go out there and you put the controller in your hand, now you're not just flying it for fun. You have a goal. You have an objective. And when you think about it from that perspective, that's a transferable skill that can not Mm -hmm. only be taught from a fun perspective of drones, but it can be taught in the engineering aspect where you're looking at, you know, something that needs to be accomplished. And that thing that needs to be accomplished, you have to set out a plan in order to Mm. get that accomplished. Now you know what the results would be if you do get it accomplished. And before you even try to implement it, you can go through your brain, you can go through the planning, you can discuss with your teammates, you can discuss with your classmates how we can really 
what 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 is the results? What what expectations do we have for ourselves and how we can accomplish that in a fun way. Right. So so it's believe it or not, like yeah, there it seems like a lot. But when we're <laughs> teaching and when we're exposing kids um to these topics, mm-hmm. it's a it's a conversation that we're having with them and we're always um allowing them to see how um everything that we're exposing them to it's transferable. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I know from a personal perspective, when you're looking at your all's website or you're looking through your social medias, you kind of get a sense that they're like the baby geniuses. But these are <laughs> real kids. Like they are oh, real yeah. kids in our community oh, yeah. learning how to do these things. And yes. that is just the coolest. Yes, yes. And it's amazing. I think I think for the longest time we've, um, we've just categorized kids as either geniuses, not geniuses, good mm-hmm. in one area perfect in another area and not in another. And it's like, we have to get beyond that idea of compartmentalizing Mm. these youth in Mm -hmm. specific subjects. Because what the, the, the individuals that we engage with these kids these youth they are brilliant in Mm -hmm. so many different ways and especially when they're younger they're more creative they're more passionate they're Mm -hmm. more active in um, exploring new areas so instead of you know when they're when they're doing something and they may get distracted because hey that topic i really like that topic so let's go down that line it's like hey yeah we can go that down that line but let's focus on this specific area because in order to get down to where you're trying mm-hmm. to go, we need to we need to like get this right first. Right. So like just knowing that you know there's they are so vast in their potential and possibilities, not constraining them to one area. I think that that's the most important thing because it's like these kids when you see them, like for example, we have one student who you would never know, like, you just see him and you'd be like, oh, you know, that's just one of those kids down the road who's probably trying to get into right. trouble. Mm-hmm. And you you look at him and then he speaks to you and then he's over here showing you how to solve a Rubik's Cube, <laughs> literally. like Which is hard in <laughs> itself. Hard in <laughs> itself. But then he tells you his strategy to solve the Rubik's Cubes and he does it in under, like, a minute. Oh my and gosh. then on top of that, like, every topic that you expose him to, he not only immerses himself, but he's he's having fun with it. Mm-hmm. He's having fun like a kid should have fun with right. it. So each and every one of our students are like that. You have to meet them where they are and they once you meet them where they are, like you you just let them run mm-hmm. with their potential and possibilities. So so yes, all these kids that that we have, they are little geniuses. Right. They're amazing and they're running back and forth and literally when you drive out um, down the street and you see them playing down the road, that's them. Yeah. Like the world is at their fingertips. That's beautiful. Now, I don't know how these two are going to coincide with each other and maybe they won't. So I'm interested. I know that the entrepreneur boot camp is for grades six through 12. Yeah. And I also know that you have a teen tech center or a teen tech hub that yes. you're working on right now. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how that's working. Okay. So first I'll go into the... I go into the entrepreneurship mm. um, boot camp that we do. Um, we actually just um, finished up our summer program this year, mm-hmm. um, the Black Youth Prosperity Camp. Um, we enlisted about 14 students, and the goal of that really was to expose them to financial literacy and entrepreneurship, where they were able to learn the fundamentals of, you know, 
budgeting, the fundamental mm -hmm. of, you know, developing wealth, developing um, not only not only wealth, but prosperity, mm -hmm. uh, where they're learning about um, the how do you make money? Um, how do you make money in a practical way, uh, whether it be your career, whether it be entrepreneurship? Um, all these things are very important, but we were teaching it to them from the exposure side. So we allowed them to open up bank account. Um, Whitaker mm -hmm. Bank provided $25 for each student to open up a savings account. They were able to see each each position that entailed, that, that, was, that, that was responsible in the banking industry. Mm -hmm. So they got to see all the different services. From that, now they know, now they know the financial side. Um, we took them to um, Junior Manors where they were able to learn about the different careers in agriculture. Mm. Um, so in agriculture is so vast. It's, it's one of, crazy. It, 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 it's one of our biggest industries mm -hmm. in the United States, but people just think, oh, it's growing plants. Well, no, right. there's so much that goes into agriculture. So they were learning about the different careers. They were mm -hmm. learning about the different academic paths that they can pursue in order to get to those careers. Yeah. And outside of that, um, at the end of the camp, each student actually launched their own business. So we were actually able to come to Julietta Market, which Julietta Market sponsored six booths uh, for the students. And they were able to actually sell the products that they had come up with in the camp. Oh, my gosh. So they generated real money. They generated like real, like tangible money that they can be like, oh, so this is how it's done. Right. So, um, and we have, of course, we had so many partners that came along to help us with that camp. Um, so th that's the concept of the entrepreneurship and prosperity and prosperity camp that we've done. Um, now, if, when we trans over to the um, Teen Tech Hub, the Teen Tech Hub is a concept that's not new, um, but it's a concept that we saw that was lacking in Lexington. Mm. Um, in Lexington, youth, you know, I like to say that youth, I don't like to say it, but one of the realizations that I come to find, even when I was a youth, is that there's not a lot of youth-friendly places when mm. it comes to businesses um, and when it comes to community. Mm -hmm. There are places, you know, for, you know, probably up to when you hit like 13 or 14, but when you're a teenager and right. you're looking for things to, things to do, um, you start to get more into the restrictive areas where uh, there is age discrimination. Right. There are places that you have to be attended with, you have to be 17 or attended um, but with an adult mm -hmm. in order to enter those places. So, and on top of that, um, through through our youth, a lot of them were talking about, you know, well, there aren't any things to do. Um, a lot of them, um, they they love technology, they love games, they love sports, and there are any things outside of outside of um, school for them to do any of those things. So when we talk about the Teen Tech Hub, it was a it was a concept that we really wanted to bring to Lexington to not only expose youth to science, technology, engineering, and math, um, but it was an opportunity for us to connect with students at the local community centers mm -hmm. where they were, where they lived. And um, at the time when we got into the community centers, um, we, 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 were, we were in Dunbar Community Center and okay. Castlewood Community Center. And at the time, um, COVID was happening. So there wasn't a lot of programming happening in sure. the community centers. So once it opened up a little bit, we were able to bring some of our programming in. And as soon as we started to bring out like the, the drone simulator 
Um, as soon as we started to bring out our robotics, as soon as we started to bring out our, our laptops where they can code, the students were coming into the center every day. Of course, we had snacks as well. So right. it's like yeah. um, when we talk about food deserts, there is a real need for like not only snacks, but nutritional mm -hmm. food for them. So we were providing those things at the community centers and they started coming. Um, so once we started seeing that within our first semester, we were like, wow, we really would like to expand into other community centers. So um, with the Teen Tech Hub, it's really an initiative not only to expose kids um, and youth to science, technology, engineering and math, but it's also um, an initiative to really be there for the students after school when they don't have anything mm -hmm. going on at the, at the home. Their parents may not be home, they may be bored, and the only option for them may be social media um, or, you know, going out and hanging out with a, with a, group, of, with a group of kids without any parents' right. um, supervision. And so we were just really want to be there for them and provide them a space where if they want to learn STEM, they could, but if not, they could play games. They right. could, you know, um, play with the robots. They can play with the drones. They love the drones. Of course they um, love the drones. <laughs> so, so we just wanted to give them a space where they could do that. So that's the concept behind the Teen Tech Hub. And I definitely want to go back to the Teen Tech Hub in just a minute, but it just hit me that with all of these programs, you have to have people there oh, yeah. te teaching <laughs> these classes. Oh, yeah. What does that look like? Oh, yeah. Well, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, currently... We are we're only two people right now, two oh co-directors. Um, we 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 do get volunteers here and there, sure. but it's not a consistent thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we have for two years we have committed our time after school from three to six o'clock, really to be there for the students. Um, not only that, on Saturdays we also have. Um, we there we have a lot of things going on but we have a, we have academies um which we we've done a water quality academy at LTMS mm -hmm. um all of last year and then um on Saturdays we do uh ornithology or nature exploration camp okay. on Saturdays so all of those really are us really not only committing our time to that, but every now and then splitting up um, when we have when we're at the when when we're at the Teen Tech Hubs over at Dunbar and Castlewood, mm -hmm. where we split up our time between the two, or we split up our time between the after school program at Castlewood and Dunbar and the academies that we do in LTMS. Um, so when it comes to staffing, it's pretty much <laughs> just us, <laughs> right? So it's 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 definitely a it's definitely a challenge. How can people help you change that? How can people <laughs> come on to staff or volunteer their time? Uh -huh. Well, I mean, we would love additional volunteers. Anybody who would love to volunteer, um, they can always contact us at kidsmakeitky at gmail.com or they can just go to our website and the website has contact us and they can reach out to us if if they want to volunteer or if they know individuals that want to volunteer as well right um, so that's one way another way is that we are um, looking to raise funds um, for bringing on um, at least two um, staff members um, and so that we can expand not only the teen, teen tech hub into other community centers but so that we can have the technology to like provide at those community centers because that's expensive oh yeah that's expensive <laughs> it, it's less it's less expensive than it used to be because sure. technology is expanding yes. at a rapid rate um, but it's it, I mean when you're talking about like 
each individual item, you're not spending less than 100 to $200 right. for an individual gadget for a student. And if we're talking about five community centers that we want to be at, um, you're already talking about, you know, five to $1,000 for one Gosh. specific um, product. So. so we need money. Oh, yeah. We need, we need <laughs> we money. Need money. <laughs> yes, we need money. And kind of going off of that, I know that the courses and the programs that you all offer are not free, but I do know that some of them qualify for funding. So let's say that there's a student who really wants to get into robotics, but they can't afford that program. Is there some type of financial roadmap that they can take or so so our approach has always been exposure. And we we like to provide the service without burdening the family mm-hmm. um, because we know like when we were young everything cost and most of the time our, it was the it was the hard line it was like how much does it cost no, no. we can't do it um, no matter how much it was sometimes the fact that it cost something our parents mm-hmm. was like no we don't have money for that um, so what we do um, when we're reaching out to youth um, and families within our communities we're telling them that hey you know RSVP register we have a certain amount of spaces um, if you if you come we will you will be in the program mm. um, from that perspective um, how we operate as an organization is that we we like to partner with different organizations to provide these services with those organizations and in that way um, we're able to generate some revenue mm-hmm. um, from providing the services when we do partner with those organizations but um, those partner th- those partnerships are limited um, so when it comes to when it comes to a family that wants to be a part of the program I would say don't think don't think financially now you know if you have the financials if you have the resources we always have a cost that's associated with right. our program but that is not the limiting you you know, that, that that will never be a barrier for us to expose these youth. Right. Again, we need money. <laughs> we need money. Bring that money. <laughs> yes. Um, now, just a few months ago, you joined our great friends, Martina and Marcella Sparksdale, by being honored as a Grassroots Black Leadership Award recipient, yes. which, as a quick reminder, is an award that is granted by the Lexington Black Prosperity Initiative to build and recognize and invest in individuals who are on the front lines leading the vital work of addressing racial equity, disparities in the black community, and social justice across Lexington. And your bride said something that was really powerful. And I'm sad that I can't talk to her about it right now, but I definitely want to get your take on it because I'm sure that this is something that you all have explored many times in Kids Make It. She said, Kids Make It isn't interested in what we can do for students. We are interested in what students can do for themselves. We are interested in teaching students how to think critically, innovate and adapt to their environment, and break the chains of conventional thought, societal dogmas, and respectable politics. That's so powerful. Yes. So how is Kids Make It striving to accomplish those goals of not just getting kids to think outside of the box, but to think outside of the quote unquote norms that society has established? Yes. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a basic principle. It's, a, it's the principle of, you know, it's a, it's a biblical principle. It's a historic principle of if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for that day. But if you teach him how to fish he'll he'll eat for a lifetime mm-hmm. so our whole our whole idea and concept of that 
is that a lot of people really feel like, you know, they can go in there and they can save these youth, right? Mm -hmm. They can save individuals within certain communities. And, you know, that that passion or that desire is a very, very commendable desire. That's, it's, it's needed. More people need that desire. Sure. Um, but with that desire, going, getting away from the concept of we're going to give these kids um, education. We're going to give them, you know, um, a particular skill set that they can, like, you know, capitalize on. Mm-hmm. We can look at it from that perspective or we can say, well, these kids, regardless of what we do, they are going to find their way in the room. Mm-hmm. Now, certain certain. There, there are so many pathways, and there are certain ways, especially when it comes to financial, when it comes to money, in, individuals get caught up in, which aren't as beneficial for them or for society. Um, but there are pathways in which they can choose, they, they can pursue that's actually beneficial to society, their family, and themselves. So with that, we already know that the kids have all the tools, they have all the talents, they have all the skills. Um, our goal as Kids Make It is not to say, hey, we're here to provide charity to you, but we're here to provide inspiration to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that inspiration, that that concept that, hey, you know, yeah, there are other black, you know, engineers, there are other black astronauts, there are individuals who are who thought the same way that you thought that looked like you, that lived in the same places that you lived in, that essentially made a decision that they would create a goal for themselves, set a plan for themselves, and pursue something, regardless of what the surrounding environment was, that they committed to that goal. And that's the inspiration that that we try to bring to them. That is the concept, is that at the end of the day, we can try to do all these things for other people and for these youth. And yeah, it may work for a time period, but it won't be lasting. But if we can just be there, show them, like connect with them in a way that lets them know that, hey, you know, or that lets them feel that this topic isn't foreign anymore. Mm -hmm. This topic is actually cool and I'm like really good at it. Now they're inspired. Now they're like, when I'm in school, like, all right, the teacher is teaching me sciences, but this is something that I know I love it. So of course I'm going to get straight A's in this area. So, so yeah, that it's a deep concept, but you know, we really believe that children, they don't need charity. They don't need anybody to save them. What they need is inspiration and people that can inspire them. It's finally October, and we have a spooktacular opportunity to show your do-good fall spirit. It's the Boo Good Challenge, and you can find all of the info on our Facebook and Instagram at BGCFKY. To enter the Boo Good Challenge, simply take a photo of your favorite fall do-good activity. Maybe that's carving pumpkins with neighbors or donating your time to costume drives. Maybe that's participating in a fall philanthropy event this month, or simply making your favorite soup to share on a spooky movie night. However you are planning to boo good, take a photo and tag us at BGCFKY using the hashtag BooGood. That's B-O-O-G-O-O-D. At the end of this month, we will enter all of our entries into a drawing for a special Boo Good basket full of some of our favorite local fall necessities. We can't wait to see how you are spending this Boo Good season.
Okay, we are going to go into our BGCF Fast Facts, where I'm going to give you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you are going to give me the first thing that comes to the top of mind. Are okay. you ready? All right. Hold up one second. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> what are you reading right now? The, oh, the um, the Mind and the Brain by Jeffrey Swartz. Um, it's a... It's a journey through psychology and physics, and it's connecting the concept of our thoughts, perceptions, our mind, and the world around us not necessarily being connected with the physical, mm. but actually being connected with a broader exterior of the physical. And he uses quantum physics to essentially bring forth the theory that um, we're not confined to the physical world. Oh, I love it. Give it's it a shout awesome. out one more time. Um, the Mind and the Brain by Jeffrey Swartz. Yes, yeah, Jeffrey Swartz. What are you watching right now? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, um, okay, all right. I am, I am like watching series i'm binging right now on westworld okay <laughs> so, that's a great uh, choice so yeah I, I, i'm binging like i've for the longest time i only watched like one or two episodes and then i fell off and mm -hmm. now like i'm catching back up so yeah it's six episodes <laughs> at a time or nothing yeah, right what are you listening to right now um listening to so let's see as far as music well, i haven't i haven't like really picked up an album in a while but uh to be fully transparent i'm like i'm like all about like personal de personal development mm -hmm. and you know like just self-actualization so a lot of the stuff that i'm reading it's like nine like from the 1900s it's like it's like people like um who is it like What's his name? Earl Nightingale mm -hmm. is people. It's people like you know Wallace D. Waddles and individuals that's really just talking about like the the internal capacity of man to achieve any goal that they set out to 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 do. Mm -hmm. So I'm like old school or weird <laughs> in that way. <laughs> what are you eating right now? Um, so right now, um, so we're doing a lot of ramen. Um, mm. So yeah, like ramen from the Kroger or or ramen from an outside source. So no, not an outside source. We're we're making ramen, like kind of like where Dry has all these recipes on how to do ramen, and she actually makes a pretty good ramen dish mm. or ramen bowl. And like we're we're just like rocking out some ramen with some like vegetables, mm. eggs, mm. like some really good like noodles. Mm. Like it's it's just pretty good. Oh, we'll have to get that recipe. <laughs> what are you most scared of? Most scared of, I would say that the thing that huh I, I haven't thought about that. Um, not accomplishing goals. Mm. I would say, um, I would say that. For anything that I set out to do, I'm really passionate about them. And it's not that I fear failure. Mm -hmm. It's that it, it's it's the heartache behind it. Mm -hmm. It's the pain of, man, this is like this goal is like a child of mine that I brought into the world. So when it doesn't get accomplished, it's just, it's the it's the hurt side of it. Right. It's not the not accomplishing it. It's like, oh man, like it's not. It's almost like a death. It's like this yes, baby we isn't here. So hard. Right, right. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Um, most proud of my wife, my son, my family, and 
just just their genuine perseverance in life their genuine like contribution like their love for everybody around them um their complete transparency and being it's like mm-hmm. like they're 100 percent them mm-hmm. and when i look at that it's like i'm proud to be a part of them <laughs> who do you look up to so who do i look up to honestly i look up to a lot of my friends mm. i look up to a lot of my peers who are um who are actualizing who are doing things who are who have goals and who are pursuing those goals um I said recently that I've been listening to um, Earl Nightingale, and it was one of he he puts forth one of the best de- definitions of success that I've heard, um, and it, he says that success essentially is the progressive, the the progressive realization of attaining an, an a worthy goal or mm-hmm. worthy ideal, and it's not about it's not about the goal and it's not about reaching it. The whole thing of it all is the thinking, the working, the planning, mm-hmm. the doing. It's while you're doing it, that's when you are actually successful because every single time you move forward, you've achieved. Right. So, so yeah, I would say that when I see my friends around me, when they're posting on social media of all the great things that they're doing, I, lo- I just look up to that. Mm. What are you most looking forward to? I am most looking forward to um, really building out and growing Kids Make It into um, not only a, not just a neighborhood source or a neighborhood um, space where youth can um, be exposed to, but um, really grow it beyond you know the North End, beyond the East End, uh, and beyond Lexington into a place where youth can self-actualize, where they can like not just be told about STEAM, but they can actually be inspired by it to the point where they make a decision, hey, I want to be in that field or I want to explore more of this topic. And in that, they can start pursuing it and start to see what that self-actualization is behind pursuing it. And back to the definition of success, actually succeed in achieving each small goal that they plan out for themselves. I think that that's probably one of the most important things. And if Kids Make It can um, bring that to youth, uh, that would be amazing. We will have one if if that's what's happening. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Why do you love our community? Uh, Lexington community is very, it's it's a very unique community, I would definitely say. Um, from, I mean, you can look at it from different angles, from a community leader and organizer, I would say that Lexington has a lot of work and in achieving and in, um, and actually closing a lot of gaps here in Lexington. Um, it's, it's encouraging to see that there is soil, there's fertile soil, soil here for growth. Um, there is fertile soil for opportunities here and people are looking for different opportunities from a business perspective. I think Lexington has so much potential. It's a growing city. There are a lot of people in Lexington and there are a lot of areas in which, um, needs can be filled, not just be, not just by one or two organizations. There's room for other organizations to come in and fill a lot of the needs that Lexington, um, consumers currently have right now. So from a business perspective, it's again, there's fertile soil here. Mm -hmm. Um, Lexington is a space that 
like the community members are here and we know that we're a tight knit community. Um, sometimes we may fight sometimes, you know, like where there may be sibling rivalries, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I really do feel like Lexington is a cohesive community where people can look at other Lexingtonians and be like, Hey, like we're here together at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Why do you love yourself? Huh? <laughs> Why do I love myself? I would say first and foremost, I mean, loving myself is probably the primary thing I need to do before I love anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, I need to know what that love is. Um, and most of the times we think that love comes from other people or we can love other people and at the sole sacrifice of ourselves, which, you know, there is a lot of teachings around that. And I think that when we love ourselves, we learn that that sacrifice that people say to get beyond ourselves, it's not really to deny our being or our existence. It's, it's really saying that I can see somebody else. I can see them as myself. I can put myself, because I love myself and I know who I am, I know that if I was in this person's situation, this is how I would feel. I would not like that. Mm -hmm. Or I would do it this way because I love myself so much that I have specific you know requirements for my existence so if i love myself and i know what my i, I know what my um, expectations are for myself i don't necessarily need to impose that expectation on anybody else but i can at least look at that person and be like well i wish abundance i wish blessings on you because mm -hmm. like that's how I would, that's what I would expect for myself. Right. So, so yeah, I would say that <laughs> that's why I love myself, I guess. <laughs> that's always a fun one to ask because <laughs> I've got a lot of people in here who are like, I've never been asked that question before. It's yeah, good. I mean, it's like, <laughs> not a lot of people talk about how much they love themselves. Yeah. It, like, to a certain extent, that's like almost a taboo for like right. people to love themselves in our community. And it's like, no, you have to you have to love yourself and you have to know what love is before you put it out into the world. Yes, so. like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody exactly. else? Yes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Last question. Tell us what you have going on, what you have coming up, how people can stay connected to Kids Make It. Okay, okay. So I think one of the biggest things that we have coming up is um, we're partnering with um, the, the BGCF to whoa, get whoa. into the I know to get good into the challenge. Good Giving Challenge. It is actually our first year officially doing the Good Giving Challenge. So exciting! Um, so there's we're kind of like trying to figure it out as we go, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time we're kind of used to letting people know that they can they can donate and contribute um, to what what it is that we're doing. So for this year, you know, we're just really. Um, expecting to raise the funds that are necessary to push forward um, with bringing on additional staff and expanding um, the teen tech hubs throughout Lexington. Um, so, of course, you know, th the funds would assist in those areas, but it would just allow us to be there for the kids a lot more right. than our capacity allows us to be at right now. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I would say that I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> be looking out for that Good Giving Challenge. It's <laughs> right. happening. It's right. going to be big this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> David, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I think you and your bride are rock stars. Oh, I'm you. in love with you guys. Thank so you. we appreciate you so, so much. Thank you all for having us. We really appreciate your time reaching out to us. And we're excited 
excited definitely to, you know, be a part of the, the Good Giving Challenge and for future opportunities that come up for us to all collaborate. Absolutely. We're going to be best friends. Definitely. It's going to be great. <laughs> we already are. We already <laughs> We're already are. best friends. <laughs> okay, I'll see you next time. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. What if I told you there was a way that you could participate in a super simple, super exciting online giving challenge that this year alone will help support over 200 nonprofits in Central and Appalachia, Kentucky? What if I told you you would be participating in a record-breaking year for philanthropic giving at Bluegrass Community Foundation? I'm telling you, you need to get ready for the Good Giving Challenge, kicking off Giving Tuesday, November 29th, and ending December 2nd, because it's going to be a week of giving you don't want to miss. Visit bggives.org to see how you can help local organizations grow and thrive going into 2023. That's bggives.org. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us on our website at BGCF.org to stay updated on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LPFM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.